Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash nmvpod. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Never Made Varsity Podcast. My name is David Rivero, and you can find me on Twitter at D underscore River underscore O. And hello, everyone. It's me, Maverick. You can find me on social media at Heartbreak underscore underscore Kid. <laughs> that was not in the mic, to my knowledge. I am Aaron. I got out of bed like... 20 minutes ago, maybe 30. I am eating breakfast right now, and it is 2.30, almost. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. I am in a fantasy draft right now, and you can follow me on Twitter at Colby Complains. So good to be back. And we back. It's been a long time. And week. we back. Hopefully I won't take five days to upload this episode. <laughs> I mean, y'all got Bandcamp. Y'all are busy. I'm just more upset that we that you changed the title from Sad Boy Hours to whatever it was. <laughs> I forgot. It had been like five days. But it was Sad Boy Hours. And I was in an exhaustive haze from Bandcamp. But I made it to the other side. I survived. Exhaust- exhaustive Haze is my favorite cool jazz album from the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is it time? It is time. Let's to jump get in it. To the show. Week two of the preseason. It came. It's still happening right now. Is but it? For my team, it went. Yeah, I'm, pre- yeah, I'm pretty sure there are games today. I don't know who's playing. Huh. But I'm pretty sure it's happening. Um, To be honest, I did not watch a lot of the Panthers game because Carla was here and we were hanging out. So, But I did get to see Christian McCaffrey. Uh, rip off a 71-yard run. That was cool. I also saw that, and I didn't, also didn't get to watch much because I was at a high school football game. Um, but uh, from what I saw in the highlights, Christian McCaffrey did well. Um, Ian Thomas, uh, our rookie tight end, had a touchdown, mm-hmm. um, which is so nice to see that we have a backup tight end now. Um other strong points. Corn Elder had a uh, interception. A nice pick too. Yeah, he he bobbled it like twice, like he tipped it twice. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other notable things other than Christian Matt had Khalil. that big run. <laughs> What'd you say, Maverick? Christian had the the what seventy right? Yeah, he had down. the seventy seventy one seventy two yarder at the beginning. Um, Cam Matt Khalil still sucks. The the offense kind of stalled, from what I heard, uh, in between the McCaffrey run and the Ian Thomas touchdown. It kind of stalled out. Um, yeah, I, I think they wanted to keep Cam out there as long as they could, just to get him in some sort of rhythm before they took him out. Uh, that drive that drive where his last drive was the Ian Thomas touchdown. So, you know, um, other than that, I mean, I, it's preseason. You know, the only thing that I'm actually worried about is left tackle, but what's new? What's new? Cam's <laughs> gonna get his head knocked off, and Matt Khalil will go to jail for murder. I've been worried about left tackle for the past what three? I'll say three and a half seasons because Michael Ower was the, in 2015 was good enough, 
Yeah, he was serviceable. But... It's not like Matt Khalil, who's like <laughs> a wet paper towel. <laughs> <laughs> he's so bad. How is his brother so good and he's so bad? <laughs> How did we? No, the better question is why we paid him so much money <laughs> good to be bad. Like if I could get that much money for being mediocre, actually less than mediocre, like that's the ultimate finesse of all time. For real. I wonder that's if all he, I got for like, the d- does he feel bad every time Cam gets hit? Like I just wonder. <laughs> you have to think, right? You would think. Hmm. But we've gone from Remmers to freaking Matt Khalil. Mike Rimmers. So, actually, we went from a wet paper towel to a wet tissue. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. That's all I got for the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, it was a preseason game. We won, but whatever. Before I talk yep. about I'm my for, Titans. I'm ready for meaningful football. Uh, Aaron? I uh, did not watch the Browns game because I was busy with band camp stuff. But I saw we lost. The only thing I saw from the game. Okay, right? Yeah, twenty two and one works. <laughs> the only thing that I saw was that block from Jarvis on Carlos Hyde's touchdown run, which was pretty sweet. Also, Josh Gordon is back with the Browns. Bless him. Someone so looks like no more Dez. Someone said, yeah. Someone said that maybe that he's trying to avoid the hard knocks filming. Yeah, I mean, I would believe that. Which, I mean, I can't blame him. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's very legitimate for him to not want to deal with all that stuff. Especially with how much criticism he already gets. Like, let him live his life. Mav and David, do y'all ever want heart knocks to come to the Titans and Panthers? You know, not particularly. Not to the Panthers, at least. I'd have to say the same. Like, it just, it, from how it's been, it, it, it's often covered, like, not-so-great teams. And so it's it's kind of got a negative association to it. Well, there's that. I don't particularly want the distraction of cameras and that sort of stuff. More so than there already is. <laughs> yeah, more so than there already is. So I, I think I'd be fine never getting a Panthers heart knocks. Yeah. I'd be fine. Too. Uh, like our media department does a good job of like putting up videos from practices and things of that sort. And that's a, as much as I need in the preseason. Yeah, same for us. Same for the Panthers. I mean, they're they're pretty good about keeping the fans uh, in, involved in the the process. Yeah. Uh, Titans. Yep. So we did lose our second game. We played the Buccaneers. Uh, so it was a battle of draft picks between Mariota and Jameis Winston. But ultimately, Marcus did not play a lot again. For most of the game, we did not play a whole lot of our starters. Uh, Deion Lewis did get a couple more reps, but he only ran the ball one time, and most of his yardage came from passes when Mariota was in. But for the majority of the game, it was – people fighting for training camp spots so defensively just nothing spectacular and uh the bucks beat us 30 to 14 uh, the biggest the only real thing of, of note was that taywan taylor uh our number one wide receiver at least at the moment uh had two really good touchdowns uh but cognitive dissonance uh mj stewart of the bucks tar heel caused a really great fumble, a strip. Uh, he stripped the ball off from Deion Lewis. Um, so, yeah, we just I, – I really don't care about the preseason. We talked about this last week. It doesn't really matter. And we're not playing our full team. The Bucks were playing Jameis and their, some of their starters for most of the game, and it showed. Um, I would, before we move on, there's our quarterback battles both work. I guess with the Browns, it's not really a quarterback battle because Hugh Jackson has pretty much named Tyrod the starter, uh, the starter going into Week One. Is, is that correct, Aaron? 
Sorry, I was zoned out. What did you say? <laughs> and I was talking about the Browns. Heck yeah. Uh, Tyrod's going to be the starter week one, it, it seems like. Yeah. And which is different than the situation going on with the Jets, where it seems like Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold are in a legit battle for the for a QB1. So I, I'm interested to see y'all's thoughts on going ahead and starting the rookie week one. You're Personally, talking. I think that unless the quarter, the other quarterbacks on roster are that bad, you shouldn't start the rookie week one because you don't really have anything to gain. Because if you're drafting a rookie quarterback, that usually means you're not just one piece away from contending, unless you're like the Eagles last season, obviously. And... I think that it would be smarter to let them learn the ropes for a couple weeks before giving them real playing time. Like I said, That's fair. For me, just like precedence, like it seems like rarely does a rookie start unless there, there's an absolute need. Like there is no one else really on the team that has proven themselves. Or no hopes lost. Yeah. Or all hopes gone. Um. So, I mean, if they do indeed prove themselves, though, in training camp and they just clearly set themselves apart even from a veteran player, then I guess you could start them. But it just seems a lot in the past that even if they do really well in training camp, they might not start that first game. And they'll sort of slowly integrate them onto the field. And then when they prove it on the field in those instances, then they'll give them the starting job i feel like in these specific situations uh, we both know that or not we both like we we me and the general manager of the browns know um <laughs> like tyrod or tyrod whatever his name is is it not uh, tyrod i like i don't understand where this came from <laughs> apparently his agent said that his name's tyrod um i don't I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Tyrod for now, until I hear it come out of his mouth. So I'm I'm gonna stick with Tyrod anyway. I think with T-Mobile we'll, we'll go that route. <laughs> um, he's a proven quarterback. Like he can, he's gotten teams to the playoffs before. So I don't think there is much of a reason to throw Baker out there right now. Teddy Bridgewater is a little bit different because he's coming off of a catastrophic injury. Um, so you're not quite sure, even if not in his ability, like where his confidence in his leg is right now. So I, I understand more wanting to be hesitant about going ahead and naming him the starter. But I think in both cases, um, Teddy and um, Tyrod should go ahead and get the start. What about on the Bills? They have zero quarterbacks on that roster. You want to start rookie Josh Allen or the Peter Man? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, because I guess AJ McCarron's hurt, isn't he? Yeah. And he uh, kind of sucks. And Nathan was that dude that threw five interceptions last year, wasn't he? In the one Peter half. Man. You're darn right he is. <laughs> um, God. Because Josh Allen... Josh Allen is very raw. Like if it, it, that's the nicest thing. That's the nicest way I can put it. He's a very raw quarterback. So Apparently, they he's want so him much to play somewhere with warmer weather so he could cook. Apparently, he's better than Cam Newton, though. So I'm so mad right now. <laughs> Why? He's elite, bro. Come on. I'm. I'm no. I'm angry at Aaron for that stupid oh. joke. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I that's that's that was a hard one. I think it might be worth it because I don't think that Nathan Peterman, the Peterman, is a good option long term. I think go ahead and start Josh Allen, throw him to the wolves, and see if he can survive. Honestly, I like it. But then you get 
what happened with Deshaun Kaiser on the Browns, I think. Especially on a team like the Bills. Then you just get a situation where the quarterback is not doing well, not necessarily not at all because it's his fault, but in large part because he's not ready and because he doesn't have the weapons around him and you destroy his confidence, which isn't his fault. And you blame yeah. him for the team not doing well. I don't blame him for the team not doing well. You as in general people. Yes. I don't know. Y'all, y'all want to talk fantasy? Yeah. Now we're getting towards the end of the preseason now. Seems like the time to start thinking about some fantasy lineups and some have y'all have you have y'all played PPR before? I've never done a PPR league before. Most I of am. my leagues are half PPR. So I don't quite know the differences between PPR and and a regular league. Basically, it means that if a a running back catches passes, he is a lot more valuable. So like Christian McCaffrey in my half PPR league I kept him in the third round and that was a a minor steal of a pick because he catches so many passes that he gets a running back well he's not a great running back but he gets a running back share plus he gets like a wide receiver two's share of points at least he so PPR stands for point per reception reception, so every time they catch a ball they get a point got it got it got it got it okay I'm drafting for a PPR league right now So it's receptions, not necessarily like carries. Like so, it doesn't take into effect like the amount of carries a running. Well, that too. It does. The point is added. Yeah. So the more carries, not a not a carry. Like if he rushes the ball, he does not get a point. It's if the ball is thrown to him. Okay, gotcha. It's just for catching. Catches. Okay. So you just like that's where you try to get. Even if they're on a bad team, you get a wide receiver one even on a bad team because they're going to get targets. So what you're saying is. Jarvis Landry is going to eat with those two-yard really receptions. He's really PPR. Yes. So, okay, cool. I mean, like, I've, I've never done a PPR league before, so this will be my first year. Yeah, just go off of targets. That's targets. I mean, that's a big thing to take into consideration. And I believe that stats on your on fantasy draft boards. Word. I'm excited. I, I, I feel like I'm not in enough fantasy league, so I put out a tweet earlier saying if anyone wanted to start a league or has a league, that has an open Hopefully spot that I'm... The ITB league starts soon. I have the opposite problem as you, David. I'm going to be in seven fantasy football leagues this year. It was easier when I was in college, and I had, you know, ample Friends. people free, to talk yeah, to. free time. Well, no, like, only one league that Not I'm going to be in this year Friends. isn't... <laughs> Listen. <laughs> only one league that I'm going to be in this year is going to be a new league. There, are, All the other ones are going to be from former years. Like, my one league... My two serious leagues have been going on for both, like, eight years. I'm sharing a team in a league that's been going on for, like, 15. I'm in a family league. I'm in the ITB league. I'm probably going to be in a league with people from my floor from freshman year. And I'm going to start a trumpet fantasy league. So that's the only new league. It's not... Hopefully, after college, most of those leagues will continue, so it's not like I'll be in need of friends to start a league. Oh, big guy on campus. Uh-huh. Heck he yeah. He doesn't need friends. Your ego has gotten gigantic. <laughs> <laughs> it's been like three days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. I've slowly like, weaned myself off of fantasy leagues because I started like through in the middle of high school. And I won five straight fantasy titles, and then the last two years I haven't won at all. So my dynasty's crumbling. So oh, I'm what probably, was me? Yeah, I'm probably <laughs> only going to do like one league this year. I don't mean to call you out, but I heard from an anonymous source whose name may or may not be Austin that you play with kindergartners. Uh, it, the league that we're referring to was the ITB league. So basically, kindergartners. So, who, so who's so who's in the <laughs> ITB league? You were in that league too, boy. <laughs> yeah, and my team sucked. <laughs> there, I don't know how I didn't win that league. Like, on paper, my team was absolutely stacked. 
Uh, My goal in that league is just don't come in last, honestly. Yeah. The only nope. the only year I had the first draft overall draft pick was last year and I drafted David Johnson. <laughs> I yeah, hate having the first pick. A horror story. I love being in the middle. Just cuz it also is like it spaces out the draft so that I hate like having big gaps between my draft picks. Yeah, I do I like being I actually do like being last in the draft or like close to last cuz I get that that back to back. Yeah. First I mean, I think that's the only thing that is good about having the first or the last picks that every other round you get the back-to-backs. Yeah, otherwise I do, I, do, I do like being in the middle. Because when you have those picks, you need to go with the heavy hitters. Like, you don't need to get fancy and try to get a quarterback with those or a defense if you're real bold. Or a kicker. Good Lord. Or a kicker. Someone said that they're going to draft, like, a qu- – Every year, somebody drafts a quarterback way too early. I feel like Colby. <laughs> That's one thing I learned. I didn't get to do it in the draft I'm do I'm in now. I didn't get to do it. Somebody beat me to it. I'm so mad. It's my favorite thing to do. What draft round? a quarterback in like round two. Yeah, make him scramble. Make him scramble. Make him scramble. I just look at you, tell you you're dumb, and then make a good pick. When do y'all chaos is a ladder? Your quarterback pick. Even in my one league where quarterbacks get six points for a touchdown, quarterbacks don't go till at least the fifth round. I, I, at least the fourth or fifth for me. I mean, if it's the fourth and, like, either one of Tom, Drew, or Aaron is still there, and depending on, like, where my pick was, like, I highly consider it in the fourth. I'm going to draft the Peter Man in one of my leagues. <laughs> Personally, I like waiting until later to draft a quarterback because, in my opinion, the difference between a top-five quarterback and a replacement-level quarterback in fantasy is nowhere near as big as of a difference between the number-one running back and the number-ten running back. Oh, no, they, they even show that. Like, there's a top-five quarterbacks, and then they, they are always good and they're very consistent. But between, like, from five to, like, probably 20, there's probably – cumulatively like 10 points 10 to maybe high like 20 points difference in their year so yeah if you don't the margins are five, a lot bigger play. on running backs and receivers than on quarterbacks yes and seventh it, round is a good time to take a defense let's do that and especially take a defense David please do it Colby. Colby did you spend money on this league <laughs> no I have zero money on this league okay good no David especially in your PPR you can wait a little bit on a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, here's, like, my thing with, uh, hold on. My thing with um, quarterbacks is that, like, if, like, Drew Brees, who's, like, constantly getting, like, 5,000 yards a year, or, like, even, like, I'm kind of, a like, biased towards Cam Newton, because it's, like, I believe in him so much that I'll, like, blindly draft him no matter what if he's available. <laughs> so it's, like... With that kind of stuff, I don't know. I, I am guilty of taking a quarterback too early. <laughs> but not anyone like not anyone that's like, I don't know. I'm not gonna draft Jameis Winston in the fourth round or like the third round. Well, that's good because he's not gonna be playing for a while. Yeah, well yeah, that was just an exa- that was the first person that came to mind. I forgot that he was suspended. Baseball? I forgot last week, sorry, Aaron. It's fine. Um, the floor is yours. Cool. Uh, Jose Ramirez is still hitting dingers. He could have a 40-40 season, but it's looking less likely because he's hitting so many dingers that he's not really getting on base much. Um, Leonis Martin was released from the hospital. Or, or maybe he is being released from the hospital today, but that's good because he had a life-threatening bacterial infection last week and the week before so i do not expect him to come back this year but just hopefully he's okay trevor bowers out a couple weeks with a small stress fracture in his leg i believe but he's supposed to be back in time for the playoffs so it's fine and uh, we retired jim tomey's number last night so congrats to him also adam insulted my fantasy baseball team when i wished him a happy birthday and I'm hurt. That is all. Wow. 
Baseball. Very good. And uh, while you were talking, I drafted the Jaguars. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, they, like, I had the Jaguars last year, and they had some trade value in the middle of last year. Let me tell you, because they were eating. Well, yeah. I mean, people expected them to be good on defense, but they didn't expect them to be that good on defense. They're like, oh, so. they just scored 20 points for me. <laughs> Not to mention they have to play AFC South teams twice a season. So that's Good what helps up. them. <laughs> um, let's talk basketball. Basketball? What? College basketball. College basketball. It's only August, though. Who is playing basketball? Duke, apparently, because uh, well, that's all I see as on you my can feed. See on ESPN, Duke is playing um, <laughs> the Canadian the Toronto um, Rec Leagues. <laughs> <laughs> and Zion Williamson's just a phenom against them. Yeah, let me take this 285, 6'7 person and put him up against <laughs> the 8th <eighth> grade <laughs> team. <laughs> the 8th grade Canadian team. <laughs> Regardless. But- but in all seriousness, we were we were just as guilty of uh, getting a little overhyped over our own exhibitions against the, some of the teams of the Bahamas. Brandon Huffman is the greatest of all time. He's going <laughs> to have his jersey retired. That's all I'm saying. That's not a stretch. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> the best 42 think... of all times. As far as... What I was able to see from highlights and from reading reports, I am glad to see how well um, Kobe is attacking the basket and how often he's attacking the basket. That makes me very happy. Now, that was one of the big takeaways when Adam Lucas was doing recaps of both exhibitions that we had. Like, even more so than Joel Berry, not only getting to the basket, but getting crafty shots at the basket to create separation and get an easy look for him. Uh and he's quick. He's very quick. And it was funny. Like, I was watching the, the Jordan Classic when he had when he still had his big hair. And it just, like, it was sort of like a parachute. You know, when you're running, they have those parachutes <laughs> on the back and it stops you. Yeah, yeah. And he was still running quickly. Uh, so, Duke can run the floor. Like, I think it's very clear he's going to be able to do really well on this offensive scheme. Uh, but it's – I. It makes me feel good because there's going to be a solid competition at the point guard's position, and I still believe it's Seventh Woods' position to lose, so it's only going to make them both better playing like for that spot. Speaking yeah. of seventh, yeah, I was <laughs> just really speaking of seventh, mixtape seventh is back full time this season because if he well, is, then we are going to be really, really good. Seventh Woods caught a body, <laughs> and it was. <laughs> it was insane. <laughs> so finally, it, and it was like yeah, in the I, final I, seconds of the game. What is it? Well, with it's us not even getting posters in the final seconds of games. It's it's not even like 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 Colby. You were like you said finally. And it's like we've been waiting two years for this seventh to come out because like when he came in from high school, he has one of the best like high school mixtapes ever. And like He's there are people the that were like. Viral. Yeah, he's been one of those viral like mixtapes on you know on YouTube, and it's like people were expecting this guy to be ridiculous, and then you know he comes to Carolina and he has some he has injuries. Um, it takes him it's taken him a while to adjust to playing point for for Roy, which is you know historically been a thing. It takes our point guards a little while to adjust, but I mean if he can start showing off that athleticism and if he can get that jump shot under him i mean that's the that's the seventh woods that roy recruited when he was in high school and then we're going to be very dangerous if that's the case uh david right so uh, no one else can see this like listening to this but all we can see is your hand and you look like that those twitter videos of the girl with the hand giving motivational talks (laughs) you (laughs) Amazing. No, I just I forgot to stand for my phone, so I just haven't been holding it. Um but 
I, I think it's also interesting that B-Rob started. I think he has a lot of potential to be a really good 3 and D guy. I feel like he's going to annoy a lot of teams. Um, and obviously and they, he's in they the, noted that know, he had some floor burners and he had some really good defensive sequences in both games. And he's obviously going to be a big part of the rotation, but, you know, Cam is going to have that starting spot, you know. Yeah, so it's like whenever he can, he's still rehabbing. Yeah, when, inevitably when Cam gets back, it'll be, uh, from what I can tell, it'll probably be seventh, um, Kenny, Cam, Luke, and then either Sterling or Garrison. Which and is all the bigs slightly dis- now have been showing it, that. So it's it slightly depends. disappointing, slightly disappointing because I would like to see Nas start, but obviously, you know, I am not the head. I'm not a three-time national champion head coach, so. <laughs> but also, also the starting lineup is. for at a conference play. Is right. not necessarily what it's going to be when the real season starts. I'm operating under the assumption that Roy will continue to make appearances during non-conference <laughs> games. I'm operating under the assumption that this is the end-all, be-all, which is uh, it is obviously not. Yeah, I, I also think that Nas is going to get his no matter what lineup he's in. So I'm I'm not too too concerned at this point. So I yeah. definitely think one of the the players that has really fell under the radar but has been playing really well in these games. Andrew Playtech, Scrappy Drew. Scrappy Drew. Uh, hit some nice threes in both games. He had 11 points, I believe, in the first game, and then he had a jack-of-all-trades game uh, in the second exhibition with uh, like seven points, six rebounds, five assists, or something along those lines. So if he can produce that, he's going to very well find himself a spot in like a locked-in spot in the rotation. Not to right. mention defense. Uh, and there, Adam Lucas, I believe, was the one talking about where he was one of the older people on the floor. They had, I believe, the three freshmen in and then uh, one of the bigs. And Andrew was the one who kind of assumed a leadership role, and he was uh, the one doing the most communication out on the floor, telling the guys to speak to one another, uh, like, the schemes, the offensive schemes and whatnot. And he, he asked Andrew about it, and he just said he assumed sort of that role now that because he's been there a year and understands the system. I like hearing that from someone like Andrew. Uh, Josh Gordon in the eighth round. Oh, Lord. So, yeah. I'm going to do it. Again, do we it. Ha- like, again, take it with a grain of salt. We're playing... Mm-hmm. Like wreck teams, and even Roy was like, "This is not exactly the competition I was hoping for." Uh, but I think it's very clear that we're going to be very good at the basketball. We can play the basketball really well, and um, again, we're just one of those teams where I can see six or seven guys being in double figures on any given night. We're going to be deep for sure. Which I feel like is going to, as far as, like, ACC Player of the Year potential, I don't think we'll have any National Player of the Year caliber players, but as far as those types of awards go, that might hurt us. <laughs> just because there are so many people on this team that can just go out and get buckets whenever. Yeah. Do you now, all think one that... Negative, or go okay. ahead. <laughs> okay, then, man. <laughs> My bad. No, I was just going to say, like, do you think... On that note, do you think that uh, Luke May takes a step back, or I think, think he... so? That's where I I'm tending to lean player, that way. But he played unbelievable last season and on a significantly less deep roster. And now this year, there are a lot more scoring weapons, and there are a lot more really good players that are going to need touches. And I just don't see how he stays, gets better or even stays the same this year. Not that he's going to regress. It's just there's not going to be as much. Exactly. Look, to that point, like, it's not a bad thing that he might regress. It's just that now we have a team where he doesn't have to score that on a nightly basis in order to win. I feel like there was more pressure on him last year to be in certain situations to have to to have to score like that and play like that. Whereas this year we have so many people and even incoming players that seem like they're going to be contributing immediately. And that's why I think we're going to be such a great team. 
I, I think that him being able to go back to his natural position as a four is going to help him sustain some of the growth that we saw last year. Right. I think that yeah. um, Sterling stepping up and Garrison stepping up um, is going to help him be able to score like he did last year. But, uh, Mav, you mentioned incoming players. Yes. So, not only on the court we've been scoring buckets, and, but we also scored in the recruiting game finally. Uh, over the weekend we got, or I guess before the weekend, we got a, a commitment uh, for next year. Uh, six foot nine, I believe, center, Armando Bacot, verbally committed to Carolina basketball. Is that uh, how you say his last name? I thought it was yeah. I've only read. I've only read. The, yeah, his I thought it was friend, uh, Yeah, one of his friends, like Armando Bacot, is a Tar Heel. Okay. Oh, okay. sure. I'll take. I'll. I'll believe that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he had a pretty nice uh, commitment video that he did on YouTube, or not, that he posted onto his Twitter page. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was a little cheesy, but I dig it. It's fun. <laughs> what's the name of that movie? Uh oh shoot that I was, can't remember that was what Tupac and Omar yep. yeah I know exactly what he was doing but I can't remember the name of the Juice right I think I believe so uh and it was the scene at the locker and good job <laughs> thank you where'd you pull that out though <laughs> <laughs> I, I I dabble uh but and he ultimately committed Carolina and he seems like he has a personality. I really like that. Um, just imagining that might challenge 2017 for one of the deepest front courts we're going to have. Because we'll have Sterling Garrison and him. And Brandon? Uh, and Brandon Huffman. Uh, Mr. 2020 Brandon Huffman. Uh, Future so. first round draft pick Brandon Huffman. <laughs> and Walker Miller. Like that that might be the deepest assuming they all stay. Future head coach Walker Miller. So I'm excited like I've watched some of his mixtape, like he's very quick for a big and he's that quintessential center of sorts. Like he will He's he, a back to the basket big. Yes. Get up and bruise somebody. Yeah, he is a hardcore five in the Roy Williams offense. And that's and that's important. Like Last year it was sort of weird where like technically Garrison could have played the four in some situations, and weirdly not, like Sterling was the only one that was solidly a five. Brandon Huffman as well, but those are like having a solid five. I think is going to be important also coming off the bench. That's not a hybrid. So this week we're going to we're going to talk about whether the media is going to call an audible on how they talk about Carolina's recruiting but before that this segment is brought to you by Audible for you the listeners who've never made varsity Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service i've listened to Gilead by Marilyn Robinson through Audible and you can download it or another audiobook free by trying audible.com to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash nmvpod. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash nmvpod for your free audiobook. So, now that that awkward cut is over. So, yeah, we have <laughs> seen, uh, with the end of the academic scandal at Carolina, we have seen an uptick, finally, in in recruiting for, college ba for Carolina basketball. I mean, last year we had an excellent class with Nasir Little, Kobe White, and Rich on Leaky Black. Now this year we've already got – we had Jeremiah Francis commit last season uh, for 2019, and then we just got our commitment from Armando Picot. So, like, are we seeing a change necessarily in Carolina's recruiting because of the scandal, or is it just Roy being Roy? In the sense that I don't think Roy has changed anything. I just think that the absence of the cloud, the NCAA cloud – has finally brought some success on the recruiting front cuz you y'all know like there were some some tough years in recruiting yes. like you know it was a, it was like pulling teeth but at the end of the day like this is what Roy can do this is the UNC 
name doing its job. Like this is the like it's it's what it's supposed to do, and it's recruiting big time players. And between Armando Bacot, we're currently the favorites for Josh Green. Um, and Armando even himself said that he's going out and recruiting other players. Like he's actively trying to recruit other players to come here. And it's like, this is what the recruiting, like if I'm, I'm trying to think of like all this recruiting, what it would have been if the NCAA cloud cloud would never have been there during this whole time that like the Kentuckys and the, and the Dukes of the world have had all these one and dones. And it's like, well, if we could have snagged some of those players, I mean, what could have been you know it's kind of crazy but regardless i don't think we i don't think I, any of us would change anything about how things have turned out but no i'll take a national championship yeah, yeah exactly and we and between like despite all that we still have a national championship so it's like that's just another testament to how good roy is so but i don't think he's changing anything about how he's recruiting i think the it's just the culture is finally back to where it should have been the narrative along. is changing as well yeah exactly in a sense that we don't have anything hovering over us anymore, which there really it never really was anything hovering over us, except it was imaginary. Well, the the potential of of an, there being an issue for other yes. players was there. And yeah, it, I mean, it, I'm not sure he's changed anything, because with Nasir, uh, he was very open, and we've already been talking about the starting lineups and stuff, and how a lot of us believe that he would be starting. But he said that not once in his recruiting process did Roy ever guarantee him a starting position in his recruiting pitch. And I don't think Roy has ever done that with any of his recruits. Maybe after 2005, just because they lost so many players. Uh, but I'm really not sure what he's changed. And, or is it adding new coaching stuff? I know that Coach Hubert has been on more recruiting visits. Um but I think ultimately it is just the fact that there's nothing looming over us anymore because we are one of the best college basketball teams ever. There's a lot of history to our team. There's a lot of prestige. And so without that, we're going to get start getting recruits again. It's going to be fun. It's going to be. I foresee a, a, some fun Carolina teams coming up in the near future. This including team already this, looks uh, fun. I was about to say, yeah, including this one. I'm just hoping that this year or next year we get a Final Four run. Because just because you want to travel? Go. Yes. So now you can travel. <laughs> yes. I just got an alert that Duke is playing McGill University streaming now. Oh, boy. Excuse me. Uh, freshman phenom Zion Williamson in Duke. He's not even the best player on their team. <laughs> That's R.J. Barrett. He has a big kit jumper. He does. He does. His vert is like <laughs> three inches when he shoots a jumper. It's real. He has that fat, that Kennedy Meeks jumper. So even despite having no more bad news about us and the fact that we're doing better in recruiting, we're still just going to hear about Duke. Well, of all year long. Until they get bounced. <laughs> and then we'll talk about why they got bounced. And we'll laugh Whose at fault it, it was they got bounced? Good. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not to actively trash talk other players, but I just thought it was interesting that Marquise Bolden got 29 minutes of playing time and scored zero points in <laughs> two games. Oh my god! <laughs> Against the, the Canadian rec team, the enigma that is Marquise Bolden. <laughs> oh, he'll have the game of his life against us, though. Like he did last year. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> scored like. Eight buckets in a row <laughs> out of nowhere. Oh, man. College basketball will be fun. I, I think this will be a – hopefully it will be a fun year in sports for me. I can't have another 2015-2016. That was brutal. <laughs> I can't do that again. I can't do it. I'm tired of this, Grandpa. Well, that's too damn oh, bad. <laughs> Did anything else happen in sports this week, or are we? Because Ohio State's like in the holding pattern. Oh, right did y'all see? Did y'all see the thing about uh, Ohio State though? Yeah, the, uh, the the new had, stuff that came had out. Some some items. Uh, yeah. From a certain kind of store mailed to the Ohio State practice facility. Is that related at all? No, I think I just somebody just wanted weird. To, to put that out there. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's weird. I don't think that affects. 
no, the but I think it just kind. Of, I don't think it's a good character. Uh, it doesn't tell a good story about how this is looking. If if you want to know what we're talking about, just Google Ohio State football. I'm sure it will be one of the first one of the first results. Um, I don't know if it says more about like his character and morality than it does about him not thinking before he clicks send. <laughs> like send that stuff to your house, my dude. Full send. <laughs> like read over that before you <laughs> before you go ahead and hit confirm on the order. Right. Use cash. <laughs> or use cash. That's the other that's the other <laughs> option. Alright. Is it time to talk about some some stuff other than sports? Sure. That's sweet content. Uh, let's talk. Can we talk about Voltron first? And sure, you go first. How much I need to look how, it back up and review. I was just. How much did we t- did we talk about it all last week? I think we touched on it. I don't think we did, but it, it feels so long ago. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> it was a whole whole week ago, but I. I like this season. I thought it was fun. Really? I don't watch, but I just I feel like I've seen so many people complaining about it. I thought it was fun. I thought that Dude, the filler episode was a little extra. I like the filler episode. It's there aren't filler episodes there to fill out character. <laughs> it's like the fly in Breaking Bad. Again, one of my favorite hours of television ever. Um I thought it was great. I thought that was, again, one of my favorite episodes this season. But the main thing that I had a problem was, was the fridging of, um, of Shira's boyfriend. Are are you all familiar with fridging? I am not. So fridging is a thing first coined, and it was a Green Lantern comic where... They killed, I think it was Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. They killed his wife and put him, put her in a fridge, um, basically to k- give him a motivation for the rest of um, that run of the comic. So fridging is when they kill a, most of the time, woman character in a show to give a male motivation. And that's kind of what they did with Shira's boyfriend. Um, he really wasn't much of a character at all. And then, like, a couple episodes... Spoiler alert. Um, a couple episodes later, he dies. Kind of unceremoniously. Which I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, just because, like, you finally get a gay character in this type of show, and then you kill off your love interest immediately, I think. is kind of crappy. But other than that, like I like this season. I it was long. It was longer. It than was I long, it to and be. it was heavy. It was heavy. It was very heavy. But I really liked the Earth flashbacks. I did too. I thought I they were too. really that, well that done. That was one of the higher points of the season. Yeah. Also, I found out she's a sophomore, so I guess I just never met her last year. But there is someone in band whose name is Katie Holt, and <laughs> so I want to call her Pidge. I about to say you should call just call her pitch for the rest of the <laughs> for the rest of the season. Uh, but I still like Voltron. I still think Voltron has no right to be as good as it is. Um, so if you haven't watched it yet, check it out. They're like they come out with two or three seasons um, a year, so you don't have to wait a super long time between seasons. Yeah, so they are not like full full length seasons though. Like most of them are like ten ish episodes. But it's still nice to get a release every two, three months as opposed to one big every release year. once a year. Yeah. Also, the ending I thought was super confusing. And granted, they didn't want to explain the robot at all, but I was just so confused. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the robot, but which is evidenced by the fact that I fell asleep during that episode. <laughs> but... Um, and we definitely was... saw that exact fight like three seasons ago. The last season with um, Lotor and Voltron. 
didn't we see that same robot technology though? Did Lotor have it? I feel like there was another one that had it early it's on. It's all big robot fights. It's all the same. <laughs> to me, at least. Anyway, that's all I had to say about Voltron. Uh, Fridging is lazy screenwriting, and I don't like it. But other than that, I thought it was fine. Uh, Mav, you want to talk about SummerSlam? Yeah, and also just wrestling in general. Last night, that was my only real content. I've been starting work this week. Uh, so last night was WWE's minor, I call it their minor league brand called NXT. Uh, and so like there's an interesting thing going on where y'all imagine where the G League was getting better TV ratings than the NBA, assuming that they had a TV deal. So that sort of thing's sort of going on in the wrestling world right now where... Uh, NXT is sort of developmental brand for wrestlers of the indie scene that are very popular that are fighting to go up to the main roster of WWE and they're outperforming main roster guys at their pay-per-views for the last several months and people are very much taking issue with that um, so it's just been an interesting case but tonight's SummerSlam so some, some notable names uh, Brock Lesnar will be defending his Universal Championship against Roman Reigns. Uh, most likely losing the belt before he goes back to UFC once again to uh, win back the UFC Heavyweight Championship. And then Ronda Rousey's fighting tonight uh, for the Raw Women's Championship. That's all, it's, it's crazy, though, how many UFC people have now gone into U, uh, WWE and are now fighting and wrestling as they say. It'd be interesting. It should be fun. So, you said that who has an issue with NXT having a, a better oh, rating? Fans. Well, it's the sort of thing where Vince McMahon, the owner of WWE, has... Right. Even in, he's in his 70s. I believe he just turned 72 or something. He still has a lot of control over what happens on the main roster, SmackDown and Raw. Whereas Triple H... His son-in-law and longtime WWE wrestler has control over uh, the NXT brand. And so there's just so many aspects of NXT that makes it different from the main roster and WWE of sorts in so much better way. So, like, there's better storytelling. The fighting is more high-octane. There's It's so much more compelling. And so a lot of fans are calling for Vince to finally let Triple H have the reins of the main roster. Because it's obviously working for NXT. And if the, if the main roster guys... So, like, right now, most of these fights are just being carried solely by the fact of the name. So, you, you're Brock Lesnar's, you're Ronda Rousey's. That's what's carrying the pay-per-view. It's just name recognition. Whereas NXT, it's the actual wrestling uh, that's carrying... Would you look at that? What a and concept. So, and so, like, it's blowing people's <laughs> minds that the developmental brand is outperforming the veterans and 20-year guys on the main roster. Now, granted, like like I said, there, there's a lot of people in the NXT brand, that's where they start out from the indie scene. And so some of these guys are older, and they're, like, in their early to late 30s. So they have been wrestling independently f for years, but in terms of WWE, which is its own producing or production like they're still hitting it out of the park compared to the main roster guys where it's just not the same so you would say that you would say that the people that came up from nxt into the main roster are doing are perceived better or are doing better or is that and, is there a correlation there so and it's weird and that it's also showing the divide whereas triple h is really good at developing these guys in the in NXT, but when they get to the main roster, Vince doesn't care about them for whatever reason, and then they get the term buried on the main roster. They just fall into limbo. And where they had really compelling stories and character development in NXT, once they hit the main roster, they're nothing more than what they call an enhancement talent, where they just lose to other stars that are rising up the ladder. And it completely derails them. 
interesting. So it's, it's a very how interesting long? thing. Like, or go ahead. Oh, just how long do you think Vince McMahon has before he like uh, lets it go? Honestly, he's. Just, I think it's a testament to his work ethic. Like he has worked on this since he took control of the of WWE in the late '80s. I mean, to this day, he still goes to every production meeting. He pr- helps produce every single show. Like he's behind the stage every single night. So it could very well be a thing where the only way he's going to stop is if he's on a deathbed. So Shane and Stephanie are going to take over when so te- whenever I mean, he technically steps down? They have. Stephanie, uh, she's chief brand officer. She's, she's very high up. And then Triple H is COO of WWE right now. And she's mm-hmm. uh, scripted as the commissioner of Monday Night Raw, and Shane is the commissioner of SmackDown. So they have... But Shane, more or less, is more just as a story rather than having control. So they technically do, but it's the sort of thing like this is still Vince's, very much Vince's company. Um, I'm reading his Wikipedia right now. He's doing his own thing. Yeah, see? Oh, he has business ventures outside of WWE. Shane, yeah. at least. So, I, so, yeah, I guess you're right. Um, Stephanie would take over. And so people are starting Shane. to be like... Earth. The product that Stephanie and Triple H are producing in NXT is what people are wanting to see. And the characters that they are creating in NXT are are very much beloved by the fan base of NXT. And so people are upset that what was awesome characters in NXT would just kind of get crapped on on the main roster. There's been several to date. So do you think that Vince doesn't realize that, or is he just being stubborn? Yeah, Probably stubborn from what I know about could, Vince McMahon. It's, uh, I think, a, a little bit stubborn, but it's sort of the thing where it's to Vince's taste. Like, because he's owned this company and he has seen it through its best years, he knows what's going to connect, or at least he knows what he believes is going to connect with fans. And that's, I mean, fan, some fans like NXT, some fans don't, but... It cannot be denied that NXT is outperforming main roster guys at their pay-per-views, at least since April, since WrestleMania, and even before. Like, they're, they're, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Newsletter, like, he does ratings for matches. Uh, ratings for NXT matches at their pay-per-views have, like, almost across the board been rated higher than most uh, main brand pay-per-views. Let us know how SummerSlam goes tonight. Oh, I'll be live tweeting. <laughs> um, Davey, did you end up seeing Black Clansman? I didn't. I can I can make it out this weekend. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I'll probably I think that's on my list for next week. Um, I love that you have a list. <laughs> I do have a list. Um, I was going to go see three uh, movies this week, but Carla told me um, not to, so I didn't. Uh, but. I did go to see The Meg on Tuesday or Wednesday. I think on Wednesday, because on Tuesday I watched Jaws for the first time. I'm oh. sorry, what? I told y'all I have not seen so many movies. So but like many the movies. classics, bro. I, the classics, there's so many I haven't seen. Oh. oh. Like, ask me one. Probably haven't seen it. Have you seen The Matrix? I have not no. seen that. Godfather also haven't seen that. No. Scarface haven't seen nope. it. Jurassic what Park in the heck? haven't seen it. Have you seen Forrest Gump? Yes, yes I love Forrest okay. Gump. I like it how you're like, oh, of course I've seen Forrest Gump, but you haven't seen <laughs> Jaws and The Matrix and Scarface. But I have seen Jurassic Park. That was it, Aaron. I've seen Jurassic Park. Um, but. Jaws is great. Yes. I so be, because I haven't seen Jaws but I've seen other movies like Jaws, like you see all the tropes that Jaws started, like Sharknado. Sure. <laughs> Shark, again, Sharknado is a good movie. I will stand by that forever. Sharknado 1 um, and 2 are great. Sharknado 3 is terrible. That's fair. Um But Jaws is such a I didn't know that you can make a serious shark movie. Well, 
and it's fantastic. Like um, Richard Dreyfuss is great, and I forget who the other two actors um, who are on the boat are, but they are a phenomenal cast. And I had that stupid little sea shanty stuck in my head for the rest of the day. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's great. It's a great movie. Um, and then I saw The Meg, which is not a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that the Meg at least doesn't take itself too seriously. Well, it knows that it's, me, a, it, that it's like a Sharknado-type movie. To me, it wanted to be a serious shark movie, and it also wanted to be Sharknado, and it ended up being neither of them. Yeah. Uh, That's what the t- issue with Sharknado 3 was, is that Sharknado's 1 and 2, even though they're obviously so bad they're good movies, they try and be real movies sharknado 3 is where they realize that they're not trying anymore and that's why it's terrible at least in my opinion sorry to interrupt no it's fine um so the meg has some really great character moment uh not really it has so the first half of it has the meg is moments the first half of the meg is Apollo 13, but in water with sharks. Um, and I love that. I thought it was great. Uh, the second part, or I guess the fir- that's the first third. The second third is Jaws, and the last third is Sharknado. That's a, that's a mix. <laughs> and the tones don't match at all. So it's like you watch three different movies while you're um, sitting there. Also, um... Uh, Ruby Rose is not a good actor. Oh. Um. <laughs> Hot take <laughs> She's alert. not. She's really not. Uh, she wasn't good in Orange is the New Black. Um, she's not good in this. I, I don't get what the big deal over Ruby Rose is. I'm not super excited to have her as Batwoman. Um, even though that ended up being a whole thing. I think she got ran off Twitter because people said she wasn't gay enough, which is wild. Uh... I just don't think that she's a great actor. Uh, but it was fine. I, there were there were some really fun moments. Um, there was a time where uh, an animal got killed and I was the only one laughing. Because uh, <laughs> it was hilarious. But it was, it was fine. It was fine. I also saw Tr- Crazy Rich Asians, which I have less to say about because I don't watch rom-coms that often, but I, I really loved it. Everyone that I've heard talk about it has loved it it's really good it's really really good um the somebody on the uh, storm of spoilers slack said that a lot of rom-coms depend on ha- how good the best friend character is uh the best friend character in this is played by an um actor actress named aquafina she's like a Asian female rapper out of New York. She is hysterical. Uh, so, so funny. And her dad is Ken Jong. It's great. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and then Constance Wu as the lead is great. It's just all around a great movie. They didn't do the rom-com thing where there's a huge misunderstanding and they break up. Um, which was a, nice to see. This is a really sweet movie, really cute movie, and funny, so... Go see Crazy Rich Asians. It's great. And I think there's a sequel coming, which will be fun. It's a trilogy, so it's not, like, out of the question. But, yeah. That's all I have for movies. I watched the TV show for the first time last night, even though I'm behind on Big Brother and behind on Hard Knocks. Your first TV show ever? No. No. I watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine for the first time last week. Or last Isn't night. Isn't it fantastic? It was really funny. <laughs> it's so funny. I was watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine um, earlier this morning. It's great. It yeah, really I was great. a very big fan from the three episodes I watched. The only experience I have with Brooklyn Nine-Nine is the one intro with Andy Samberg and the, the, like the lineup, and they sing a, I Want It That Way. Either way, that was hilarious. But I should pro- I should probably start watching that. <laughs> I think if you like um, the Office and Parks and Rec, then you'll like Brooklyn Nine Nine. Good show. 
Good show. Uh, y'all want to knock out this question? Let's go. Twitter. Well, I don't want to hit it. Question singular. Question. Uh, from at Turner Metlicott. Uh, continuing on your discussion about how football may radically change due to safety concerns from two weeks ago because we didn't get to it last week. Uh, do you think soccer may be a sport that will benefit from the decline of the NFL? For example, a 6'2 or so linebacker may not have a place in the NBA, but will soccer lure those athletes? I don't know. I think soccer I... is like a shorter person sport, is it not? It depends on the position. Yeah. Like you can throw a six two six three dude um, at a defender in spot. center back, and he'll be a hell of a defenseman. Can you? Re- I can. Can you repeat the question for me? I was zoning out. I did an errand. Basically, will we'll, um like the top athletes instead of going to football? Will they then consider soccer? I don't think so. I think that. I think that the problem that soccer. The draw the soccer has in the country isn't that, isn't exactly that. I just think it's not the top soccer leagues are not accessible for the populations that play football. If that makes sense, it makes sense. You could have said that a way simpler way, but I know what you're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel like that's a bigger stumbling block than just the concussion problems because i think that i don't well it's not that i think that soccer also has a bit of a concussion problem so i don't know i can i i get where you're coming from but i think it's more than just the safety aspect i agree speaking of concussions at the in that conversation we had Ironically, at the pep rally thing that the band played at last night, one of the prizes they gave away was a Larry Fedora autographed football helmet. (laughs) 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 That's funny. That is funny. All right. Um, You got anything else? I don't think so. A little bit shorter episode this week. Shorter in comparison to other episodes, but like right in the pocket. Still an hour, ten minutes. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like anything else y'all want to talk about? Because I'm good. I mean, I'm solid. Once the once the uh, sports year starts ramping up, we'll have more consistent stuff to talk about. We're still kind of in that college football next week. Yeah, T plays a nationally televised game next week. Yeah, we're 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 at the end of the road for uh, sports purgatory. Yes. We are on the rise. And then I won't have any time to talk about the seven movies I saw that week, but oh well. We'll, we'll find time for you, Colby. A new podcast, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but if that's all that we have today, well, you can find us at tinyurl.com slash nevermatevarsity. Leave us a rating on iTunes. Five stars preferably. If you leave four stars, uh, that's rude. Don't do that. Um. Anything you like or didn't like, be sure to let us know via our Twitter at NeverMadePod. Uh, thank you to Audible for sponsoring the show. Free free day free trial. Go to audibletrial.com slash NMVPod. Uh, thank you to David Cutter for the music. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Until then, folks. Bye-bye. Such an aggressive bye. Good lord. <laughs> bye. <laughs>